0: I've never seen a diamond in the flesh. I cut my teeth on wedding rings. The- Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. i that is a sad. Dude, that's pretty good. This is the clue. Bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom.
1: Wow. And you know what? I want to first thank Slow Pitch for texting in the group text message with Plague and I saying, you know, Plague, he's, he's getting unruly. He's had too much talking uh, on these podcasts. We want to hear more of the, the people's voice. Uh, that being me. So thank you, Slow Pitch, for that. Certainly uh, glad you're here. Um, just as a quick introduction, we've got uh, an individual who I actually thought was the father of the Ryder Brothers, not necessarily the oldest brother, but uh, I think the first time I met Slow Pitch, uh, I said, hey, man, you're killing it out here. Like, how did your kids get you out here? Like, hey, man, I'm actually the oldest brother. And so we've got <laughs> slow pitch here today certainly glad you're here man um want to start off I guess uh how did you get started who brought you out uh how did you get the name slow pitch uh
2: <laughs> it's tough to you know get your thoughts together after you kind of listen to that thinking that you you have the appearance of uh the being a father of a 40 year old and a 30 some year old uh <clears throat> Doesn't mean that I've, I've worn age very well, but um. So realistically, I got two brothers, right? Both of them are in um, F three. Both of them had inquired. Uh, they knew that I was trying to make some physical changes uh, in a in a positive way, in which I was slowly chipping away at some things. I had uh, an event in my life that um, really opened my eyes to wanting to. Uh, change something I just didn't know what I just knew that there was some sort of inner alignment that may have been off and so I was more receptive to some change so the first thing I did was I quit drinking diet coke and uh <laughs> that's I did that and uh my problems didn't go away however uh then uh you know I was at the time I was I was uh, participating in a, in a sport that I love and it's softball and so, um, Bubbles had called me, uh, you know, I, I'd heard those guys talking about this uh, F3 thing and you know monkey humpers and, and, uh, just other individuals, nicknames, you know, and there's th- this guy out there with some tan pants, you know, that they refer to as khakis and it was always khakis, khakis, khakis that, and monkey humpers. And, you know, you're at, you're, you just feel like you're left out of any sort of conversation, um, uh, at the, at the dinner table. And so really, uh bubbles got me right before the one-year anniversary and said hey we're doing this cool thing it's a one-year anniversary we'd love for you to be there and i was sitting in the parking lot of um aldi off 132nd and center for some reason i have no idea why and it was after softball game i just said you know i don't i don't know if i'll be there but you know if if i'm there at seven o'clock then you'll see me and if i'm not then i'm not you know and he's like okay i mean <laughs> and um So I told, uh, I asked my wife, I said, hey, do you mind if I go check this thing out? And she's like, I guess if you want, you know? Um, And I did, and Boys Town was really just about six blocks from my house. So I went over there and and pulled up and here were all these guys, you know, that were having a good time, right? And, uh, you know, Bubbles had mentioned, he's like, hey, just whatever you do, don't tell Adrian um, that you're coming. And so, I showed up and um, Waffle House and wait time, we standing there, there's a table there. And I just, I really, I didn't know what to do with my keys. That was like the most, that was the biggest thing. I was like, what do we, where do my keys go? And so wait time, he comes up, he's like, Hey, how are you? He introduced himself. And I'm just like, what do you guys do with their keys? <laughs> he's like, like well, you, you can put them in your wheel well, I guess, or just leave them with your car. Just made me feel really unnerved or really nervous. So, um, go through that whole uh, uh, that workout that day. It was a huge celebration, and, and you know, um, at that time, uh, wait time uh, um, kind of gave a cot and allowed others to discuss or I think read. Uh, I can't remember if it was a poem or there was something, uh, and people have read segments of it, and then they asked me. You know, I was at this point, you're blacked out, right? Like you can't, you don't know if you're still breathing. Uh, and so somebody, you know, they get you out there and they say, what do you do? And I'm like the, I, the first thing I say, like, uh, you know, I've been sober for 12 years and I play softball and somebody goes slow pitch. And it was like that quick. And, uh, I think it was one of the white brothers. It was probably Ponzi or something, but, um, that had said it. And, uh, so that's, that's the long-winded version of that. You
1: kind of touched on, and you don't have to get too specific here, but you know, looking for some things to to change in your life. I mean, when you heard about F3, were you looking to hop on the fitness journey? Were you looking to make some buddies? I mean, can you kind of expand that? And then uh how did that change for you over time if it did?
2: Yeah. So um I had gone to the gym for a few years, right? I don't know if anyone's ever done it. There's eight, so you know Pony, there's a book it's called Free to Lead. It kind of discusses a little bit in there about the individual that goes to the, the 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 uh gym um and uh really doesn't get the returns um that one would would like. And so I did that with a coworker. We'd go every day and I, I would just really avoid any sort of discomfort, right? So I'd get on the elliptical and you do the elliptical for 15 minutes thinking, I really hope I lose 50 pounds doing this. Um and then you'd kind of go and you, you know, like for me, I'd go maybe put some weights on the bench because, you know, and I didn't want to take direction from anybody and I did not want to ask because then that's a full on commitment. Um, But so, you know, you'd go do these, you know, whatever things that you're familiar with. Um, And I really had zero um, progress in that. And I, at the time I couldn't even, you know, I was about 50 pounds heavier. And so I couldn't even uh, run on the treadmill for, you know, Five for a half mile, right? I mean, things blacked out. Um, So do that over lunch, not really getting anywhere. The thing is, is I wanted to get healthier. I didn't want the discomfort, right? I I don't like the pain portion. Um, Getting in shape is not, I would not say is easy, right? And so you just, you want the path of least resistance. And I had hoped that by walking on the treadmill or doing an elliptical that I'd get there. And it, it didn't. And the consistent theme with it is the hollowness inside, right? And so I've come to understand like, what do I need to do to make a change? And it comes with discomfort. And so how long can you be uncomfortable with things before you say, all right, that's it. And, and that's where it had come to, right? I, I, so I had this event. Uh, it, was, it was something I had behaved in a manner in which it was, was fairly uh, aggressive. Uh, towards some family members, um, and, and I didn't need to behave that way. My kids got to witness me be uh, um, threatening, right, to, to uh, their, their, their uncle and their grandparents, uh, my wife's family, on Christmas Eve day, and it was a real low point for me, right? You know, I've been sober for 12 years, and this was my natural sober behavior, and that's what really sucked is there was nothing I couldn't, I didn't have any other excuses, right? Like nothing to say you behave this way because you were under the influence of whatever it was, that's, that's you, you know? And so it scared me. I you know, so I started to uh, try to figure out what, what is it that I, is there something I need to change? Right. And spiritually, physically, you know, it, you know, you just don't feel good yourself. And so that's why I became. So I came back and started running on a treadmill, started doing it with a purpose. And then uh, I just continued to go maybe another quarter mile, then maybe another quarter mile. And then you change the grade. And I started to see some results and I tried to eat better. And so by the time I was intersected with my brothers for F3, I was open to it because I had already had enough pain. Internally, and I knew that I was trying to make this change, right? And so the, the 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 gap to step from where I was to where I wanted to go wasn't as wide. It was okay, you know. If you if if you're asking me six months ago, there's no way because that's ridiculous and it's too much work. You ask me today, you've caught me because I feel lesser than, things hurt inside, and I need to be moving towards some positive change. And that's that's really. You know, sometimes i think we look at we just want to get fit or more physical well why is that right and it's there was an emptiness inside of me uh, some things that i was just missing um, and that so that helped you know i, I think that it helps me uh, towards uh, the path of of wanting to become more whole um, however that is internally if that made any sense
0: that makes a ton of sense. I, you know, and I, and I know this is maybe Pony's first time doing the intro, but I, I like to explain to people some of the things that, uh, that you you have done because guys may not know. Um, so not only starting F3, but you, you took over the, the site Q role at Paradise Island, um, did a fantastic job leading there. Um, have recently taken on a role as, as Weasel Shaker. Um, you are, Consistently, the guy you know when we interview people, or even when I just talk to guys, um, you're the guy that they reference as as who reached out to them the day after their first, second, third workout that encouraged them to come back. Um, and what some people may not know, if if depending on the version of Free to Lead they're reading, um, is that you're also an author uh, these days, um, and, and there is a chapter in there. And I, honestly, as I'm, I'm, I've got it pulled up, I'm reading some of the stuff from it, and I won't read it to everybody, but um, it, it's uh, a little bit emotional because I, I hear so much of my my own story in your story, and I think you, you're so relatable um, to so many guys, and, and so just when I hear you, even what you think is a rant, um, several things I can pull out of there that are just they're just they hit home with so many of us, and so I just I guess this is my way of saying thank you. Um, one thing I will quote from here though is uh, you you said uh, you know um, I gained significant weight by eating huge portions, tons of sweets, guzzling diet soda, and not exercising at all. I would tell myself that it's all right, and since I had given up on alcohol, drugs, and tobacco, I had earned it, and thus the sad clown was born. Um, you know, and, and um, uh, you know, guy, I would encourage guys to to go out there and. Get a new copy. I think I think we get some kickbacks from F three Nation. They send Pony a check. um, You know, if we sell new versions. But the other thing I wanted to ask you about Slow Pitch is um, because you talk about in this story kind of the you were sober, right? You were doing the right thing, but you still had this emptiness inside. Yeah. And as you journeyed through, you know, first, second, and third F, what, like, was it the leadership opportunities? Was it the relationships? What do you, what do you think it was that really helped propel you to where you are now? So there's a number of things, right? So
2: you have the you have the first F3 workout. My second F3 workout was Wednesday. It was paradise, and so I. I hated push-ups. They hurt my elbows, my shoulders. It hurts, right? And so, and I can hear things grind. And, and uh, bubbles said, "I, they, it's a running, it's a running site. They never do push-ups." And ethanol, what well, did the uh, uh, the deck of cards, and every single card he pulled out was like twenty-five merkins, twenty-five workins, twenty-five Chuck Norris merkins. You know, and it was just like I, I we did like three hundred merkins that day, and all we do is just we'd run on the top of the parking garage. You do one like. 100-yard loop, and then just come do another, you know, 25 to 50 merchants. and um, I hated it, but I tell you that because that was, when you were the site queue there, you reached out to me afterwards, khakis reached out to me afterwards, and you you start, you were just, like, really um, just kind of enthusiastic about uh, the effort that was put out there, even when you know it was just, I was just, you know, gassed, and really it's just, like, just just showing up, and it was tough, and I hated it, and and uh, so you, um, the two of you guys, really started to ping me uh, at least once or twice a week. You know, just kind of keeping me uh, folded, you know, close. And one thing I know about being in a twelve-step program is there's really only about a ten percent success rate. And I and 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 one of my beliefs is why that's so low is because of the lack of connection that people have when they're in those in that fellowship. And so I had talked to Tater when we were on vacation once about know what's the what's the rate of return right of people that come back and and he said you know a lot of people fall off and I just said well you know I think if you have more effort with that you know trying to connect with people maybe they continue to come back and come back and come back it's very similar to the 12 step rooms in my mind the guys that stay are the guys that have a larger network within there and so you know my sponsor told me once he's like look you know you got to build your network wherever you're at, because there's gonna be days that I don't answer. There's gonna be days I don't want to answer. Uh, there's gonna be days I'm just too busy. And I think that that goes with really also with F3 is if you, if you start to build that network, you, you feel, I don't wanna say obligated, but more a part of. And so you continue to come back with more and more. And then for me, I also, I wanna share those experiences with other people, right? So I felt like what was given to me was a gift you know, whether I knew it or not, but then to reach out to another person just to let them know, man, hey, you know, somebody's paying attention to you, you know, keep coming back. And um, so with I mean with that piece alone, I, and I, and there's a little piece I don't want to reference, you know, the, the essay that much, but it's the truth is I'm so inspired by the guy that comes in the first time, right? Like, you know, what you've done every single morning up to that point, right? You, you, you wake up, maybe, maybe people hit the snooze, maybe people have breakfast, maybe whatever it is, your daily agenda, get kids ready. I don't care. But the day that you decided to come to F3 that day was a different way of thinking, right? Was it, you had to get the courage to do it. Somebody convinced you to do it, right? You're putting on tennis shoes for maybe the first time for some of us to actually work out in, right? Like, not just you know mow the yard, in, but you're actually going to do something physical in it. And so, I don't ever want to forget that feeling, right? I don't ever want to forget the feeling of what it was like that one that first day. I put on my shoes and I'm scared, right? Be, and I and I know that I'm going to be uncomfortable, and I'm going to be around some people that I don't ever know. And so, part of that, you know, is I want I want to remember that, and then I also want those individuals to know, hey, man. You've, you've inspired some people, whether or not you meant it or not, you know, you inspired me, you showed up, you got out of your comfort zone, you're doing something that it takes courage to do. And I wish I could do that with regularity and with all aspects of my life. Um, because that's hard, you know? So the reality is, is that it's a, it's a repetitive behavior that, um, when I reach out to people, it's not anything I thought of, right? It's, it's because that was what somebody else did for me, um, and I just, and it, it, made, it made a huge difference um, to, to showing up to somebody says, where are you going tomorrow? Well, I didn't plan on going tomorrow, you know, until somebody <laughs> somebody says, well, okay, we're going to be at, you know, we'll be wherever. And you go, okay, you just kind of show up. So it's, it's, a, it's an extremely important part to F3, whether or not people know it or not. Um, I think it's, it's um, in order to uh, continue to have people, that little gift you put in somebody's pocket, you gotta, you gotta be, we gotta be connecting with those, po- with those people on a regular basis, so.
0: Yeah, not only is it
1: important, but, you know, it's really quite simple, right? It's just taking the time to ask the question, hey, you know, what are you doing tomorrow? You know, are we pre-running? I know you hit me up every Monday night, where are we going running? And nine times out of ten, I'm like, ah, oh, I can't make it, but you still, you still hit me up every week. Um, So, I mean, it's really an an easy thing to do that, you know, I could challenge myself to do better with other packs because you hit on something that I think is very important, like that new feeling, it goes away. So, are there things that we can do to keep that feeling around a little bit longer? You know, can you be holding people more accountable? Can you just be reaching out saying, hey, I miss you or, hey, you did a great job today? Those things really matter to people and probably do keep people coming back, right? Hitting on that retention rate. I like how you talked about the the 12-step and how there is this a piece of accountability. You know, you got to come back, but then once you come back, you're starting to build your network. And that kind of plays into like this idea of a shield block or building your your group within F3. Um, Do you feel like that has been your experience? You know, once you did, you know, you started to come regularly, how did you kind of build that out and how did that kind of form for you?
2: So anybody that knows me and specifically... Uh, early on that there's, there's time for a conversation, there's time for exercise and really not time to combine those things. Right. Um, <laughs> so I would, you know, you'd, you'd be exercising next to plague and you're like D- plague plague. I I gave him one of the best all time ever's, which was really, you, you gotta, you gotta can it. And he was, uh, he was getting a, um, he was up for an interview at work And we were running at Spike, and I'm just gassed. Like, I'm seeing stars. I can hear fireworks going off in my eardrums. And um, so Plague is talking about, you know, potentially what, you know, he's going to have a conversation uh, in the interview process. And he goes, well, what do you think? And I I just said, let partner breathe, you know. And that was me. (laughs) That was me. Um, And so the reality is, is like you're talking shield lock and stuff like that. You know, it, it's um, the effort that you see, you know, every morning and exercising, that's one thing and the laughter and, and you know, I, I love uh, having opportunities to be by guys I don't know and the little banter and the conversation and stuff like that. And, but um, the time that I've enjoyed the most is the times before uh, the workouts, right? I love, I hate running. Uh, I really do. The thing that gets me to do that is because I love the interaction with those individuals. So I don't know if that's considered a shield lock or not, but I do know that my conversations and my relationship had developed and grown with you, Pony, based on pre-runs, right? And where you've been vulnerable and you've given me pieces of your life in that time. And I know the same things happen with Plague. Um, when, you know, we're just, we're running, we're having a conversation discussion. And those I think are the more intimate pieces. Cause it's not, you know, 15, 30 person strong. It's sometimes it's two, sometimes it's five. Um, and so if it's an actual defined shield lock, I don't know, but what I do know is it serves the purpose of what that definition would be. Which is accountability, vulnerability, you know, um, sharing pieces and, and trying to get solutions and direction with some challenges in life. i um, mean really just kind of growing that um, that love for another human being, another man. Um, so that's that's kind of what those times for me have become. Is if you want, if that's a shield lock, great. If it's not a shield lock, well then I don't know what you call it, but it's it's special in my mind.
0: I love that. The best part about that story too, that was my response when you said, "Sometimes you gotta let your partner breathe," was like, "Wow, that's super good insight." Like, I like I should let them talk in the interview, you know. And, uh, and I just remember you being like, "No, I'm talking about me. Let me breathe right now." <laughs> uh, really good. I, you know, something we haven't really talked much about with other folks on the on the podcast is. Um, the, the idea of a whetstone, right? So you're mentoring relationships, but um, because that's something you're familiar with, both as a, you know, from the 12-step program, having like a, a sponsor or being a sponsor, um, where do you see that within F3? Do you see there being some future opportunity there? Or you feel like we already do some of that? Or um, how, do, how do we get to leveraging some of the uh, guys with great experience and, and wisdom to uh, sort of coach or teach or younger guys?
2: Uh, So QSource is probably one of the greatest resources that I think F3 has. It's extremely similar um, to other, you know, rooms that participate in because you're talking about a topic, a solution, how to live life on life terms, you know? And so, Mentorship is really tough. I think sometimes if you're just doing it while you're running uh, and doing Merkins and and you got a grinder, right? Like that's, you know, what, you know, and so, and it's really, I think what, what is, how does, how does, uh, how does that even happen? You know, I think people have to, um, you know, see where somebody, you know, how how they behave in life. You know, what are their experiences? They got to hear those things. They got to be, they got to hear the, you know, the, the, the kind of the truth and there's got to be some connectivity where somebody trusts to be mentored not everybody wants to be mentored right like that's that's the truth too And some people aren't here to like hey i'm gonna i'm hopefully i can find somebody that will help guide me through life that's not everybody's agenda um you know i think that mentorship and where somebody is receptive to being mentored is really uh, an intersection of what's going on in, in people's lives right like you if if I'm looking to be mentored, there I ha, there has to be something going on, events going on that I'm open to that, right? Um, and whether or not I'm the one who sees it or somebody else sees it, um, it you know maybe something that has to be pointed out. But um, I, I I believe in you know for me, and in my in my marriage, having a sponsor, uh, in 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 uh, twelve steps. It was really tough for her because she wanted me to express all those things, right? All those troubles, all those difficult pieces with her. And so she would feel left out if I'd go to my sponsor and be like, hey, this is what's going through my mind. This Here's something that's heavy. Um, but the truth is, is that I don't want to say that my wife isn't capable of holding those things. I couldn't be completely transparent with her because some of the issues are with my behavior towards her. How do I act, you know, as if? And what is and, and and one of the things about sponsorship or mentorship to me is you have somebody with an with a one hundred percent objective non emotional attachment to what you're you're going through and so if you act you know if you if you ask them for direction or you tell them something that's going on, they can provide solutions and if you have the willingness to follow through on those solutions, maybe your life gets imbe- maybe it improves the situations improve um and I found out uh through sponsorship. My finances, my relationships, my profession—all um, those—all those, all those things—I had talked to my sponsor about before I made any decisions. Right? I was—I was in debt quite a bit when I first got sober. I was single. Um, I had a, a wife that wasn't didn't know anything about sobriety, or a, a, a girl that I was dating that didn't know anything about sobriety. You know, so all these things I had to ask somebody else. And I think the biggest one of the one of the traps of being either a male or a human is the belief that i got it right like i got the answer um because our egos get in the way of us actually asking the question and so i mentorship sponsorship has been probably the number one it has to be one of the most important things in my life because without that i don't understand god right like i don't I don't, I don't get to, you know, if I'm talking to somebody with the cloth or somebody like, then I feel like I'm put on the spot. And if I don't have the beliefs that they do, then I'm, I'm saying, you know, some, maybe I'm saying things that uh, makes me appear like I'm more of a believer than I am. You know, and if I'm with a sponsor, I can be like, look, I don't believe that. You know, what do you believe? Or how do you pray? Right? Like, it's really, it's really humbling to ask somebody like, hey, how do you pray? You know, what do you ask for? Um, And, or well, here's, here's a situation my wife and I are going through. And it's nice to know somebody else goes through that. Right. And, and that they're not like, Whoa, dude, you're crazy. Like (laughs) I can't believe that you and your wife disagreed on a tablecloth, you know? Um, And just, so it's, it's, it's so important. It's so unused, right? It's such a tool that's unused. I think just in general, if you went up to somebody at work and you're like, a pony walks out his door, right? And he walks right down the street or right down that side uh, the hallway that you see there. And there's some gray mustache guy out there. And he looks like he's weathered. He's experienced some life, you know? And pony, you're like, hey, you mentor me. That guy's going to get freaked out, right? And he's going to go, he's going to go into the, like, the, the, by the water cooler, take a sip of the water, you know, maybe pour himself a cup of coffee and then tremor back to his office door and shut the door real quick. Because he's not going to, you know, and, and and Pony would feel really uncomfortable with that, too. But the reality is, is they had that guy said yes, right? And and Pony was vulnerable and said, hey, here's some things I'm going through. He just, there's a lot of magic that happens with that, um, with uh, two guys talking uh, with, with uh, and, and real their hearts, right? Like, and, and with no, nothing without harm, right? Like, I can tell, I can tell my sponsee, like, hey not telling you this because i want to hurt you i'm telling you this because i believe it's to be true um and so and, and then there's a,
0: there's a trust that comes with that so um yeah, that's, i, I that's love that I, you know what's interesting slow pitch is that um it's almost like when you join when you consistently start coming to f3 there's like a unspoken i don't know if it's an invitation or just like Hey, we're all here to get a get better. And so then we, you know, and you reference the Q source, right? So you have things like exhortation and correction and things that are really saying, hey, it's part of our culture to call each other out and help each other to be better. So maybe there's some informal stuff there too. And and I, I loved your comment about um the hey I hey I got it moment. Um and I'm thinking of a moment, you know, you and I last Thursday had some good conversation just about where I'm at in my recovery and it's funny because I can I can read your story and I can see where I'm at and I'm like right before the Christmas Eve blow up, which is, <laughs> uh, you know, the timing of it. Right. Um, but I think for even for people that, that don't you know have a substance abuse issue, the, the blow up or the kind of this moment where um, you feel like you've solved some problems. And you feel like you've done that, right? You're, you've done it and you're maybe entitled and then there's some selfishness, some pride, but it's still like not enough. It still leaves you feeling empty. And then the result is rage or whatever. For some guys, you know, that's the precursor to a substance abuse problem. What sort of insight or, I mean, I you know, I know you, you gave me some advice to call my sponsor, but uh, what, what sort of insight or advice <laughs> do you have for, just so that we how do we like be aware and mindful so that we don't fall into that trap of like because i can even see it happening when a guy comes in loses a bunch of weight but still the like having a really nice physique is not going to satisfy you right so how how, what can you provide any guidance there i mean i know it feels like you've got some knowledge in that area Uh, so um maybe i can back into this maybe i can't
2: i'm all in the the art the other day and i'm feeling disconnected right with whatever that is just uncertain uh maybe and and maybe i'm not connected with my wife maybe i'm not connected with god maybe i'm just ungrateful you know all these things right and so you know i as i'm mowing i look over and i see that i've got a white picket fence right now mind you i want to let you guys know 15 years ago almost you know i I had a bag, a duffel bag of clothes, really, and a car that didn't have uh, valid license plates and wasn't able to drive and no valid driver's license, you know, no insurance and all that kind of stuff, right? And life was really shitty. And so you you don't, you know, whatever those dreams are of life is just that you just want to not feel that way anymore. You, you know, it's, and for me, it wasn't, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to kill myself because I was a I'm too chicken to do that, but I just wanted to be different. I wanted it to be different, right? And um, so, you know, I lived in this apartment that was just a dump, and um, I had just this stack of envelopes on the counter, and it created such anxiety because it was there were just there was collectors, there was bills, you know, it was a it was something that a sheriff issued me, you know, and said, "Hey, we're going to take you know, everything you have," and so it's like just the weight of that, and that that really. That really sucked and then I was sober for a year and I had my one of the the best days of my life was I had a log of deer sausage right I didn't have a car but I was employed and my bank account had sixty dollars in it right like I'm 31 years old and I have sixty dollars in the black you know in my account and my dad was going to pick me up from work That was the best day of my life i felt the most inner peace i'd ever felt in like a decade you know or anything and so as i'm mowing the yard just this last week and i'm feeling just this just this you know undercurrent of all of whatever's going on right just uh of anxiety and whatnot and i and i look over and i see this white picket fence and i'm like this is you know this is what you you dream of right this this home these beautiful children You know, we got a couple dogs, the job you've really wanted, you know, a beautiful wife that's super supportive. All these things that you could have ever dreamt of when you're holding nothing but a duffel bag and you're the ward of the state. Now it's not enough, right? On the inside, it's not enough. And so, um, you know, one of the things that my sponsor would always say is, you know, you need to start off with some gratitude and maybe start a gratitude list. Right. And so I started to walk through that, you know, the, you know, as you know, you know, you're mowing and kind of what advice would I give, you know, my sponsee and, and, um, I remember, um, I had a cat that would you know, pee in the corner of the basement here at this house. And I was telling a guy I sponsored, I'm like, I'm going to kill this cat. I'm going to beat it with a shovel because it pees on the carpet. And he goes, man, how your problems in life have really changed, huh? And I was like look first and foremost <laughs> you know I don't think you've earned the right to tell me how to think but secondly that that was the truth right and so you know there there needs to be some gratitude you need to be able to pause um, which, which which I don't do very well you know take that time to stop for a second maybe ask somebody cuz I think you know with this whole uh, ramble on you know one of my prayers to god is please give me the willingness to be helped by others and I don't I believe that God works through people so if I don't take the time to ask you or or share with you what's going on in my life God doesn't have the opportunity to channel that conversation with me and so I have to have the willingness to to say that um and so that's the same thing you know if I'm on the yard I have to be able to say out loud man I'm feeling disconnected here's what's going on somebody that says dude you should be really grateful. And I want you to list these things out, right? Or go inside and hug your wife and tell her how special she is and what a great life you've built together. You know, go down and get on your knees in front of your kids, give them a hug and tell them how special that child is, right? Like you have, go pet that dog that you think's a huge pain in the ass. But whatever that is, you know, you have a really special life. Um, and so uh, that's, I guess, you know, I don't know what else to say besides that.
0: Yeah, I I love that, um, and I think I think that's exactly I think you're right. I mean, I think that's that's where you know I, the only other thought I have was just like seeing a, a newcomer in AA or, or NA, right? Seeing the FNG and being reminded of where you started, where you came from, um, you know, it's sometimes been helpful for me. But um, yeah, man, I I just I think your your wisdom and I, what's cool to me is that God. Uh, through through this thing that is like, um, you know, a, a huge trial in our lives of being an addict or an alcoholic or whatever, God can take that and and transform that into this wisdom that applies to so many people, um, yeah. which is, I, I love hearing you talk through that. Um, I, I am curious, you mentioned faith and God, and, um, you know, I know we've had conversations in the past, but do you do you feel like you've had access to, more tools or just maybe more people or uh, to help you continue to grow even outside of, uh, some of the AA meetings, whether it be fellowship or, or faith, or, you know, it sounds like the fitness piece we kind of talked through, but do you feel like F3 has, has helped give you more access to tools to grow you, you and your faith or. Yeah. You know, with
2: that. Yeah. The short, the short answer is yes. Um, here's, here's the thing that I've come to understand is, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of folks with um, with Christian beliefs, right? And uh, and there's there's a lot of guys that I look up to um, with with those beliefs. And AA and in, in the halfway house that I was in helped me have an understanding of a higher power and a belief in God, right? My hurdle has always been that Jesus is actually the Son of God. And so I've, and when I say that, some people cringe because they're like, whoa, <laughs> you shouldn't say that out loud, right? What F3 has done is allowed me to see God work through other guys, right? Um, there's, a, there's an individual that we all know, his name's Grills. And one of the things about Grills that I'm so attracted to is his faith. And so I would discover that, you know, I, I kind of discovered this in, 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 he, in he, nothing where he's trying to shove things down my throat, but just inquire and question and talk. And as you're running and just kind of, you feel just, there's just a sense of calm when I'm with him and I can feel God really just kind of work through him at times and give me a safe space to be able to say those things that a lot of people recoil, right? Because it can be offensive if I say that to, the, to, to a, you know, a specific person. And then, the, then there's disconnect, right? And then, I don't get any closer to a, a belief and a comfortable relationship with a God and, and being able to change, you know, some of my thinking. Because the thing that prevents me uh, from from uh, uh, having a better relationship with God is my own is my own thoughts, right? Like those, I I have my own barriers, right? And so, um, what F three has done for me has allowed for me to run closer to the individ- individuals that have a different, uh, faith than I do, but that have the same, uh, belief in what God is, you know, all loving, you know, forgiving, um, uh, helping us, you know, guide, you know, something greater. I, my, mine's always just the, the one hangup. Right. And so, um, I can tell you through those conversations, uh, with some of those folks, my, my perception has changed. My open-mindedness has somewhat become a little bit a bigger window. Um, I'm I will listen um, and not try to resist as much. And then I'll come home and I'll even pray and ask Jesus or God or please show me you know you know who who it is I should be you know connecting with. Um, because I'm open to it right and um, and that I was not before um, uh, F3 um, at all if he said if he said Jesus I was like hey I'm cool (laughs) you're cool let's let's keep a distance right but um, it's amazing the way God has helped me in my life right and I truly believe uh, there's individuals he's put in my life Um, that I get to run next to, or be around or find attractive. Um, And so I try to steer my car towards those folks, um, if that makes any sense, because I want what they have, right? I want that. Um, I just know that I'm the reason why I don't get it, if that makes any sense.
1: Well, I I think that makes a lot of sense. And, And you're really touching on this concept of F3 connecting men with each other right to build each other up um and you know that that makes me wonder as we continue to grow and expand you know we feels like the past year and a half two years we've been in this season of growth right where we're expanding into new areas whether that be papillion or millard millard um i guess a question for you as we expand is there something that you would like for us to keep in mind like a piece of originality that you hope that we don't lose or something that we should be cognizant of as we continue to expand into these other regions? There's,
2: there's not, there's, there's not, there's no difference, right, between a man that, uh, feels on a hundredth and Blondo to a man that feels, you know, on 200th and Gretna Avenue, if that's even a thing, right? Or you know, Ashland Boulevard, you know, we, it's the same thing. And, and what I would hope that never happens is that there's sort some sort of segmentation where we're this and you're that, right. But where we're all under the same umbrella, we're all going in the same direction. And one of the things is, you know, I've been to other, um, uh, different city, um, F3, uh, communities and there is some differences in some things but there there's so many similarities like the the the, the differences sometimes are how has it started how it ended right like you know with within what the parameters of f3s you know principles are they're all there um but the reality is is i can go anywhere in the country for the most part and know that the guy that i'm next to it has similar problems right or similar experiences in life and so i don't That's my, you know, my thing to that is like, hey, you know, this, we're not different, right? When I was in, when I was in the halfway house, you know, it it was, it was run by a bunch of old military guys and I had this counselor and and he'd say, I don't care what your mom told you, you ain't that unique, right? And, um, and that always sticks with me, right? And it's like, you know, we think we have these unique problems. We think that we have these unique relationships. We think that we're different. We ain't. You know, and he would tell me, he's like, you know, you, you are no different than any other, any other man in this room. And so I want that to be where people recognize that uh, wherever you are. So hey. that is uh, an excellent thing that we should keep
1: in mind. Um, I think F3 does like create this opportunity for us to all kind of come and, you know, places as often it allows us to be vulnerable because we're all kind of going through some stuff together, right? It's unique in that we're all kind of coming and being beaten down at one point. That's why it's called a beat down. And then we're building each other up. Um, so it's kind of putting us all on some even playing field and it's important to keep that in mind. Um, I'm certainly appreciative of you. Uh, you definitely are quite the weasel shaker and I'm appreciative of all of the texts that you send out, you know, just words of encouragement, checking in, things like that. Um, no, i know plague's appreciative of you i'm keeping him muted so he can't ask any further questions i guess uh anything that we didn't cover any anything that you don't feel like we've spoken about that you want to make sure you get off your chest any words of encouragement for the packs
2: anything like that um if so somebody shared with me one time So we, we, life can be really short, right? And we don't know when it's going to be taken away. And something I experienced this last year was I had a really enjoyable conversation with an individual one day and he was gone the next day, right? I'm glad I had that experience. Not that he's gone, but that he left such a positive impact on me that day that the next day I felt really happy that I got that encounter with him right? And I think that there are times that we think to reach out to somebody and we don't, right? Because we're too busy. We think, God, that guy put a smile on my face today and we don't let him know that. Or we say, hey, I appreciate the encouragement today, all right? Thanks for the hug, the knuckle bump, whatever it is. And we just don't. We get caught up in the in the in the minutiae of life and uh, somebody said, hey, if God ever whispers to you, like, hey, text pony or think of pony, then reach out to them. Those little whispers are really important, right? And so, my, I think uh, one of the things that I, you know, I try to do is when I think of somebody, and I'm not 100%, I'm not even 50%, but when I think of somebody and I hear those whispers, I try to reach out to them. Sometimes I don't have their information. And so, tater tot used to get really, I think he used to get so annoyed with me because I'd be like, hey, who's such and such's number? Who's such and such's number? And finally, he just gave me access to all the information. And so, uh, because he's sick and tired of me uh, asking him. But it really makes a difference. uh, If not for you, if it doesn't make a difference to you, it makes a difference to me, right? Because I know that I said, hey, I care about you today uh, because, and I wanted you to know it because it made a difference in my life. And so um, my message is if you, if you think it, you know try to try to make it a point to connect with them uh, because you just don't know you just don't know that next day, right? So that's it. Well, thank you for sharing that and I know
1: that those statements, those questions, those text messages you sent have made an impact on my life and I'm sure they're making impact uh, all across you know the region here so thank you uh plague this is your opportunity for one last question if you got any
0: uh no i i would just i would say um you know something we're trying to do uh with these interviews is just um something that slow pitch reference in his essay and it's you know so sharing your story um illustrates how a hollow man or a sad clown can become a member of f3 can get comfortable with getting uncomfortable can start to place others before themselves and connect with God or the higher power of your choosing. And, and I think you're that example, um, slow pitch of how, you know, a man's story shared and, and then another man's story listened to uh, just has like this compound effect that we'll never know um, the impact. And so I just, you're an inspiration to me. I know a lot of guys look up to you and um, yeah, yeah. I just appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Both of you guys, I really do. You guys mean
2: a lot to me. And uh, I, I feel really, I've I'm, been I'm, I'm really glad that my, my life's path has crossed yours, so.
1: Thank you. Uh, uh, thanks for being here, man. We certainly appreciate it. And I would encourage anyone who um, hasn't had the honor or the privilege of, of hearing uh Bo Pitch's story or, or just even going on a pre-run with him, I encourage you to do so. Um, there's a, a lot of wisdom there and a lot to be learned and uh, he's willing to give it. So thanks a lot. I'll uh, close this out on name of so I am John Whitworth. I'm 30. I'm Pony Express.
0: Pony. Hey, Pony. Uh, <laughs> Bravely Hardy, 35, The Plague. I'm plague. Plague.
2: I'm Aaron Ryder. I'm 45. I'm slow pitch. Ah! Oh, Hey, thanks for your thanks, time. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you, man.
0: Thanks, John. I love you guys. Love you See you. Have a good afternoon. You too. You
1: too. Later.